This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 552, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Call 
Mac Fanboy the Pick Week Podcast. This is episode 552. <laughs> 500. It doesn't really matter what you say after that. 52. <laughs> I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick for the 552nd time. Not necessarily that many, but sure. Hello. And Ron Richards for the 534th time I counted them. No. Man, that 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 number 52 just seems to keep following us for some reason. <laughs> it's a it's a number. Yep. Uh, we are ifanboy.com. We've been doing this for 552 weeks. Uh, we, <laughs> and you know what? We started before that even. So so there was that. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this number. It's it's never not been uh, imposing, but th- for some reason. Uh, we like comic books. That's why we're here. That's how this all started. Every week, we each read comic books that come out on Wednesday. I'm really glad they didn't change that somewhere in that 10 years. They're on Thursday now. That would screw everything up. Um we pick our fa- one of us has the job of picking our favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We're going to talk about that book for almost exactly ten minutes, <laughs> and then we're talk about the other books and some things and some stuff and some questions and maybe some voicemails. We'll see how that goes. It, it's 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 sure to be a, a fun time. Jamokism. Uh, there are spoilers in this talk because we talk about what is in the books because otherwise it would be difficult and it would be confusing for people. So. If you haven't read them, come back after you have. Fools. Connor. Yep. Pick of the week is you. Pick of the week is Aquaman number six from Dan Abdett, Brad Walker. And this is the second time this series has been the pick of the week. Uh, two out of six issues. Are you are you having an Aquaman renaissance, Connor? Well, I think the world is having an Aquaman renaissance. I think well, no, but clear. you particularly. I mean, it's, this really seems to have dialed into you for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I love Aquaman. We've talked about this before. He's one of my favorite characters. I did a whole iFanboy mini show about how much I love Aquaman, um, which for long-time listeners know, know what that means. New listeners don't know what that means. Um, and uh, I really am enjoying Dan Abnett's take on Aquaman. And this issue wraps up the, the current storyline in which Atlantis and... And the, the surface world has almost gone to war again, and they've sent Superman to, to stop the war. And so this issue is mostly a conversation between Superman and Aquaman as they punch each other really hard. And uh, oh, so, sir, there's a fight. I didn't. I saw, admittedly, I didn't read this, but he says yeah. a conversation between um, yeah. like good, Aquaman and Superman. Godot, I was hoping yeah. it was like I hope it was like my dinner with Andre. Yeah, it's Aquaman and Superman. Yeah, but okay. No, those they had they, they punch each other um, instead of well. awkwardly sitting at a table. But uh, I putting aside the fact that as we talked about before, this version of Superman doesn't make any sense with the other versions of Superman. It, um, they still haven't figured That's that accepted. out. Accepted. Putting that aside. <laughs> putting that aside. And what I mean is, in the other books, he's this sort of secretive character that no one else really knows or trusts, and and the, the public is, doesn't know who he is because the other one has, has died. Here, he's he's a tool of the government, and the the uh, the government. Uh, Agents, including the secretary, uh, not the secretary of state, the Leo, the Leo, the um, the uh, chief, chief of staff, of staff, chief of staff. Who, who's who has sent Superman off to stop Aquaman seems per- okay with him. So you have to put aside the fact that Superman is still completely screwed up at DC. But putting that aside, I really enjoyed the conversation and the alienation of, with Aquaman because he describes himself as the basically the seventh wheel of the Justice League. So you've got Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman as a sort of unit. And then you have Flash, Green Lantern, and Cyborg, even though, as far as I know, there are two Green Lanterns, and they aren't really tight with Flash or Cyborg. So that would... Again, this is kind of wrong, because I think he's meaning to imply Hal Jordan. But anyway, 
he sees himself as the outcast of the group. He doesn't have a circle of friends in the team. He's not part of the Trinity. He's just a guy on the team and he doesn't feel very comfortable. And Superman should be the one who can relate to that the most because he is an outsider. He's an alien. He's a he's an orphan. He's a he's a species orphan, unless you count Supergirl, which I guess you do. Um, so he should he should he should relate to Aquaman's alienation the most of all the people on the team. So I, that's why I really enjoyed this conversation. And I, a lot of this, I'll be honest, I'm just really taken with Brad Walker's art. I think he's he's just fantastic. Um, what did he do before this? He used to do Guardians on the Galaxy at one point. That's where I first remember him from. Again, with Abnett and Landing, so maybe they have like a you know. It's it's a it's a it's not an unusual style, but it's a little a little left of center for like an Aquaman book. You know, it's not a Ivan Reese style. You know, it's that's well, true. It's, well, he has been working since two thousand four. Um, he did uh, way back in 04, he did Batman War Games, Thunderbolts at one point, Guardians of the Galaxy, Josh Wright Guardians of the Galaxy, Heroes for Hire in twenty eleven. Um. See, I see a lot of action comics in 2013. So he's been in the DC stable for a little while there. After that, after that, Guardians. He didn't do Thunderbolts, Josh. Okay. No. Um, there's a really great panel where where Superman, you know, uppercuts Aquaman and he goes flying, and it's just this the body the body language is all really great, and it's a dynamic, um, really dynamic panel. If we'd done, still been doing best of the week in panels, this definitely would have been in there, and it's just it was just a pleasure to watch. Um, these characters, as they do, talk with their fists to each other. You know, this is a soap opera with punching is basically what comics are, and this is it was a really great emotional you know, scene as Superman tries to bring Aquaman back from the brink of, of war. And uh, I'm just really, I'm really enjoying this Aquaman. And uh, the other subplot is that Orm or Ocean Master is being um, recruited to join a secretive organization called NEMO, which is an acronym for something. And uh, he gets brought before the guy in charge of NEMO who gives him a lot of tough talk, and Orm just stabs him in the throat and takes the chair. So um, his name was Blackjack. So I, I just everything about this is great. I'm really enjoying uh, Aquaman. In, in I'm always happier when there's a good Aquaman book. I was going to say, when, when do you remember last having... A good Aquaman book, like like, is this the first good Aquaman you've had in in quite some time? Or re- did you like the Jeff Johns era? Yeah, it was it was good. Um, you know, the best Aquaman in my reading time was probably when he was on JLA with Grant Morrison. Yeah, um, yeah. Followed closely what by a- Peter David's run, which was a really long run. Um, and I, was just, then- I was just gonna say Peter Peter David's run seems to be the standout. You know, like the legendary. Um, and didn't Kurt Busiek have a run on him or? Yeah, that was a fun run for a little while. Yeah. That's where we got uh, Arthur of Maine. That came out of that. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's not always the, the Jeff Judge run was 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 good. It, but uh, what came after that wasn't that great. Kind of yeah. middle of the road. Parker. Par, um, Parker's run was okay. Yeah, I, that's what you get. I feel like you get a lot of B minuses. Right. So I'm really. I think this is a solid B plus. And maybe that speaks to the alienation that Aquaman feels because even, you know, like he's a B, B minus. He feels like he's a B minus on the team, and but he's also gotten a lot of B minuses over the years. Like, is he just a B minus character? Uh, he's not an A list. No, he's a he's a B. He's a he's a 
you know, if you if you're if you're ranking the Justice League, you know, your, your, your Trinity is your, your sort of your A list, and then right behind them would be Aquaman, Flash, Green Lantern, uh, Hawkman. He's better than Hawkman. I, I still, yeah, I agree. He's better than Hawkman. I still love the Grant Morrison explanation of the JLA. Not so much leaning on the Trinity of the the, the top three, but more of the seven as uh what what is it you know representation of the the greek gods which is a man and it lines up poseidon mercury you know like all that like that you know i I love that 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 was uh, and that was the that's the most successful aquaman yeah and i think Uh, not not coincidentally i think when brad walker draws this book it it nudges up another level he just has a really distinct style his characters don't look like aquaman is weird every time he's in a book he's got different hairstyle he's almost got like Long, kind of hipstery hair in in Justice League, and mm-hmm. then you know they're not quite much like Superman. There isn't quite a definitive Aquaman right now in the DCU. I note that this version of Superman uh, is drawn with uh, floppy ankles in his boots. They Straight sag boots. a little bit, yeah. yeah. And then and then uh, Aquaman's shirt it seems to be made of uh, of Ben Grimm particles. I actually really like that. It has a yeah. really great te- great texture to it. Um, sure, it's a pain in the ass to draw, but I'm sure. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 sort of scaly. It's sort of Ben Grimmy. It's um, you know what's worse? Imagine coloring it. Yes, there's a gradient in each one. <laughs> Jeez. So there's a, there's a couple of things. I actually really like the. I like what they're doing with Black Manta here. They're actually doing a credible job of turning into a pretty threat, a pretty big threat. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and you know he's he's the ultimate badass, of course, because that's that's how villains work. But uh, it's really good and it's kind of interesting. I don't know anything about Black Manta, so I don't have a lot of cliche to work with. Um, right. The other thing I thought that's kind of interesting is that it's almost like a um, little shade of uh, Frank Millerish Dark Knight Returns view of Superman. I was going to say right. that when he said that he was more of a tool of the government. <clears throat> yeah. I, you know, I was like, oh, so it's like Frank Millery in that regard. I mean that's yes. that's one way to pick it up, and it's kind of interesting. If you're if you're Aquaman, you you're gonna think that way, which is a really nice bit of tension to put between them. I think that was a that's why this issue works so well because there's a lot of things going on here. He's, he's Aquaman's mad about the the pending war. He's mad that Superman's being used by the government, you know, ostensibly his friend. He's but then it, then and of course their fight, you know, all the Justice League issues come out too. So it, it was. I thought it really well well handled, despite the fact again that doesn't make any sense. But see, a lot of times you think that when you go back to the Justice League book, that they're just ignoring this stuff, and they're not. They're just not saying it, so it's really awkward. You just it's hard to read that on the page. So like when the two of them first show up for a meeting, and there's only the, them, there's just silence. The next day is the Wednesday <laughs> meeting, and they're sitting yeah. around on their chairs in the satellite, and just no one's saying anything. And Batman never says anything, so it doesn't help. Yeah, they gotta yeah. wait for Flash to show up. Someone else get here so we can talk. Um, I just I, I, a scene with them from now on. I want you to remember this and remember it's a little awkward between them. It's going to make <laughs> that scene better. <laughs> so Aquaman number six uh, is your pick of the week. I really enjoyed it, loved it, um, love Aquaman and and uh, the Brad Walker art. When this when he draws this book, it's really great. He doesn't draw all the issues as we as we know with the Batman. I mean, with DC books where you know. They come out so often, their artists can't draw them all. But when he does draw them, it's really fantastic. I'm glad you're liking it, Connor. Thank you. I'm very <laughs> appreciative that you're glad, I mean, you're glad about that. Let's do a rating segment. Ratings. 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 
We had one Rebirth book, Cyborg Rebirth Number 1, written by John Semper Jr. Art, art I was surprised to learn as I was filling this out by Paul Pelletier. Yep. And uh, a couple inkers, Sandra Hope and Tony Cardos. And Guy Major, one of our favorite names of comics and, and colors. Um, this was hard to read. This was rough. And this, this was – so we talked about the different formatting of the various Rebirth books, and they seem to have gone in, you know – I think feel like three three distinct types of books. You've got the here's the character and everything you need to know origin bio book, right? And then you have the um, we assume you know who they are. Here's launching our story, right? And then the third one is just here's a story <laughs> that, that does neither. <laughs> and this definitely was the you know this is a, a primer of sorts to Cyborg. It gives you his entire origin and history. Um, and let, lets you know everything you need to know about him and really gave me no sense of what a future cyborg book would feel like. Right, or even why I want to read more. Right, yep. Because he's um, going to be in the movie. Yep. <laughs> um, I remember when they did that DC event announcing Rebirth and they had you know that, that live stream and they had all the writers and artists show up to talk about the books. I remember John Semper Jr., talking about this book and it sounded interesting i don't remember exactly what he said that i thought was interesting but i remember thinking that so i remember thinking okay i'll keep my eye out for cyborg and reading this and there was an interesting bit at the end where the father was discussing he wasn't sure if this was actually his son or just some sort of strange frankenstein monster-esque version of his son yeah and i thought well that's interesting but the problem was it was surrounded by just just pages and pages of nonsense nonsense and dialogue that was hard to it just it was it was, a, it, was it, it was like chopping through the jungle with a machete to lots, get to the lots of fly i mean it basically it, it, this followed and we're going to talk later in the show we're going to talk a little bit about formatting of stories but um because mm-hmm. oh yeah we will but um this was very much the uh in the present now we're going to go to the past then in the present yeah. and back to the past then in the present and back to the past and you do that parallel storytelling of revealing what you need to know about the character's history to provide context to what's happening at the moment um, which can work, but it just got a little, you know, nauseating after a while. Um, right. And and I'm going to go on less from a story standpoint, more from an art standpoint. And Paul Pelletier is normally somebody who I've enjoyed and really liked and whatnot. I just felt like a lot of this was really just kind of paint by numbers. And furthermore, I'm I've had a growing dissatisfaction with the look of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. Especially compared to how he's looked historically, to where it's really just getting down to the point where his face is all you see, and the rest is just all robot-y, and I think that's too much. I think they've gone too well, far. Well, at least at least he's not the tank that he was when New Fifty Two started. Remember that sure, he, yeah, he so was yeah. like a tank body. Yep. But you're right. I mean, if you look back in the, when he first came on, he was almost half robot, half man, which sort of works with the tension of the character, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's had, almost like they're trying to make him look like Iron Man. <laughs> and uh, and now he basically only has his face showing, so he's 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 just basically all robot. Well, so he's got the face showing, and then he has a lot of of red circles, and then like and what what punctuated that was that towards the end of the book, there's a great panel where he's just sitting on the ledge of the top of the building, which I actually really like that. I like I liked him just kind of like watching the sunset. But um, but then at the bottom of the page, actually, it's a good panel. It is a good panel, panel, right? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but then at the bottom of that page, he stands up and is like a a silhouette. But you only see the red dots, and there's one at his eye. There's two at his elbows, two at his wrists, two at his hips, two at his knees. It's like all right, he's Ultron. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and it made it made me think of the the uh, 
I mean, the original design of him back in the Teen Titan days when he had that like metal tank top, right? And yeah. they, they were showing a lot of skin. You know, I could understand why they've evolved it here, but like um, when he was in the cartoon, uh, that what was the cartoon? Teen Titans Go. Yeah, Teen Titans Go. They had a combination of the metal, but he also had like blue stuff under the metal. Like, I don't know. I just feel like this design is just getting too robot-y here, and it just get it's just too much now. So. So, I've always found this character extremely boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that just me, or like I ne- I never read the uh, the Teen Titans. This uh, he he's was had, kind he's of he's had moments. Yeah, but he was kind yeah. of the he was kind of the level-headed one of the t- of of the Wolfman Perez. So I've always had a really hard time. I I don't I don't know what there is to like about this character. Right. I don't. I mean, he he's the can fix everything. Techno. He's R two D two. Yeah, I was really? going to say that. I was going to say that. And outside of that, I, I have nothing to grab onto. And they keep, I know this story. It's funny because in the last reboot, they were really focusing on the fact that he was a football player. And that was sort of where he was coming from. That was, was that Jeff Johns who did that bit? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe. Because um, that sounds like him. And then this is more, he's dealt with a lot of sadness and his parents don't pay attention to him. And so it's, but it's either way, like it's just both are cliche and boring. And and even that, like the character has, I I could what is this? What he's a blank personality. That's what I mean about not giving you anything to look forward. To. I don't know anything about him in this issue. It's not about even him like the character. It's, it's not mostly even about the, his dad. Yeah, it's not even that they made him unlikable. No, it's just it's just he's he's he's. I was gonna say white bread, and that didn't feel right. But like even like the story of his dad though is just it's I've I've heard it so many times. It's like, I need I if they're gonna make this character into something, make this character into something because they're not at all. Yeah, and uh, I don't really like that he no longer. We talked about the lack of legacy in DCU and how they're trying to bring him back, but now that you know he's no longer, at least in this, from we can tell here, been a been Titan. You know, he's never he didn't grow up through the ranks and graduate to the Justice League. He's a founding member of the Justice League now, and so you you lose that. That aspect of his character. Yeah, I, I, it's it's. Yeah, I have a hard time connect <laughs> connecting to him, um, which is funny because <laughs> you need a USB cable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. you were trying to dial up. So. Yeah, that's yeah, the that problem. Takes forever. Yeah, so. Problem but, is, you had a headphone jack and you need a lightning cable. <laughs> ah, no, I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm not gonna touch that no, one. No, but here. um, but um, <laughs> not here. Um, you be you're, you're, at, you're my position on that. Josh would surprise you. We can talk later. Um, but. Uh, yeah, this it, it just I had a hard time connecting to the character, connecting to the story, and and I just don't really like. I already knew his origin, and I'm I'm, I'm I was just somewhat relieved that they downplayed the football aspect this time around, because last time it was all about he's a football star, he's a football star. Now he's not, you know. But you famously hate football. I do. I really do. Uh, but anyway, all right. So let's let's move on. So ratings, ratings, Connor, rating. I uh, give it a two. Okay, uh, Josh, your rating. I give it a two. And uh, two's across the board. I give it a two as well. We'll see you next week. <laughs> no one's sticking with it, I assume. No. Okay. So my other question before we move on from the ratings. Yes. Ratings, ratings. Yes. ratings. Ratings. God, when does this end? <laughs> and, it's, and, it's le- and it's less about ratings and more about uh, rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything is birth re. Is it, not, is it nine months of rebirth? Is that what we have to deal with here? <laughs> this is like one year yes. later again. <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it's a. It's a. Yes. It's like carrying a real child. 
I'm looking for the checklist while you guys talk. Um, I mean, it's just like I, I, lo- I like I mean, and clearly we've seen the sales numbers have come in and DC's having a great summer and it's all those books that were in the top 10 in July and all that sort of stuff. But like at some point, it's got to move on. Ratings. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love the ratings. And I know ratings. Many, I know many of you in the uh, studio audience uh, enjoy that as well. Uh, our viewers, viewer, our viewer. Well, no, they're not, they're not they're viewers. Not, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not viewers. Yeah, but um, stealing, stealing and I, bits. I know, I know that. I know that a lot of people would like <laughs> us to continue with the ratings, but uh, I, good I just, news. Uh, yeah, good news. Only two more, I think. Uh, what What are the two? Teen Titans Rebirth and Batman Beyond Rebirth. All right, those should be both, those should be interesting. Did we already both, read Teen Titans Rebirth? No, we read Titans Rebirth. Oh, that's. that's that's ridiculous. Well, there's a Teen Titans <laughs> group, which stupid. is the younger heroes, and there's Titans, which is the traditional Nightwing, Wonder Girl, Flash group. Old Titans. <laughs> so those, both of those come out in three weeks. So we don't have Titans again for... Oh, yeah, we have Rebirth again for three weeks. Oh, man, what are we going to do? Ratings. Ratings. We're going to rate our patrons. We're going to rate the patron books. <laughs> we're going to rate the patrons themselves. <laughs> yeah. gonna, do we, have, we have to take a little bit of a, a break. Uh, for doing a cover version of another podcast. Let's move on to Skyborn number one from Boom Studios, written and drawn by Frank Cho. Yes. So I, I picked this book up because uh, I always enjoy a little Frank Cho. And, uh, you know, he's a fantastic artist. And even despite all the, you know, the, the hubbub around him leaving... Um, uh, leaving, you know, the DC Wonder Woman covers and all stuff. It's like, oh, what is he working on? Uh, and so I, I read the, the the description of the logline for this book, where it's it's a or in the opening pages of it, it's a you know it's a family that has got these powers and brother and sister and they're you know some reading the book and it's you know high action and all this sort of stuff. And then whoa, there's Excalibur. <laughs> I did not see that coming at all. Well, <laughs> I, I think. Am I the Didn't only person? Say something about like um, historical artifacts or, or magical artifacts or yeah. something like that. So the, yeah, so um, the the, the, pre- the premise of is is that uh, apparently there's a character named Lazarus, and after his miraculous resurrection, fathered three children: Abraham Skyborn, Thomas Skyborn, and Grace Skyborn. All three children were blessed with superhuman strength, impenetrable skin, and immortality. This is their story, and the story is basically. Um, the the daughter, uh, what's her name, uh, Grace Skyborn, with a team trying to, someone's got a package and they're trying to get it. So I'm like, all right, this is just standard action movie fare in comics. But then turns out the package is Excalibur. <laughs> right. Like, oh, okay. Let me ask you this: yeah. Did he draw the daughter sexy? No, she's wearing. Yeah, she's she's very attractive as she, but she's you know she's wearing pants and a and a leather jacket. And there's yeah. not even any skin showing. That stuff. Know. That stuff's getting torn. And so so not yeah so so not no, really, not not really because she she dies at the end. So. Yeah yeah she yeah it doesn't you know she stays fully dressed the whole time. But what it did do is it didn't go sexy, but it definitely borrowed a page from the Invincible. Oh, I thought that for sure. It yeah. the, the it's over the top with the Violence. action vac gore. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh. There's a little part where she gets zapped, and there's a little bit of skin showing when her shirt rides up, just like two inches. Um, a little bit. Uh, she gets. There's a lot of ultra violence in this. And it very much felt like Invincible. I think because Frank Cho's style is a little bit like Ryan Otley's in a way. Yeah. At I least the way, the way he's using it here. There's what. There's one point where she where she karate chops a guy in the mouth, and it takes his whole head clear off, like that kind of at Invincible the jaw, violence. At the jaw. Yeah. yeah at the at jaw. The jaw yeah. 
Um, so then, so she gets the package and pulls out the sword. And I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And then a, a, a bald dude with a beard and a staff and a robe comes and 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 that's got to be Merlin, right? I, I assumed that was Merlin. Okay, yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna know until the next issue comes out. And right. well, <laughs> it's only it's only a five issue mini. Okay, it's only a five issue mini. Um, the Frank Show art is good. I didn't love the coloring, Ron. Welcome, um, to, I, welcome to I Fanboy episode 867, third issue. Of Sky yeah, that's true. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll I see. did. I did like this, though. I did enjoy it. It was fun. I mean, like I, I liked. Yeah. I liked not knowing. I like not expecting. Even though I look back on the cover and the guy's running with a sword in his hand, I didn't know it was going to be Excalibur. I love me a good Excalibur story. So I was going to say you yeah. seem to be quite. I always thought that you just liked the comic book called Excalibur. But no, no. Like I've always ever since ever since I saw the movie with the strange talking Merlin. Uh, yeah, yeah. With the skull cap. Uh, yeah. That um, why can't I think of the Off name? Of that was on. <laughs> that was on HBO like every day when we were kids, yep. and I watched it all the time, and it was really inappropriate. Oh, it was good. Patrick Stewart was in it, and it was Excalibur. All, it it was, was called Excalibur. It was literally called yeah. Excalibur. Yeah, they, they yes. would all they would all talk like this, and like it was just like, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Naked Helen Mirren. Yep. Why am I watching this, <laughs> Mom? You should turn this off. So Batman number six was a uh, was I thought it was going to be a close contender for pick of the week. It was written by Tom King with guest art by Ivan Reese, and this is the guest art week. Yeah. Um, but I just don't care about Gotham Girl, and this whole issue was about. Uh, so Gotham Girl, you know, last week, last month, Gotham died her brother, and so she's gone a little crazy because the psycho pirate infected her. And so she is talking to her brother, and she shaved her head, and she uh, she's fighting crime while having a conversation with her brother. Now, Ron, you and I love Psycho Pirate. I love me some Psycho Pirate. I was, Psycho I, Pirate is fantastic. And I was so excited that he was being used in this, but I don't feel like he's being used enough. No. Yes. But, so that's a, that's, a, that's a plus column, Psycho Pirate. Okay, plus. And the, what I really like about this issue a lot, which almost made it the pick of the week, was that they fight a parade of really ridiculous villains. Yep. Like there's like the Captain Stingery and then there's uh another guy with a hat. And there's just it's just this parade of kite man who flies in on a kite. And it, it really felt kind of Batman the animated series mixed with sort of seventies era Batman where you know, you didn't always fight the Joker in real life. Sometimes it was a dumb kite man. Right. And that, I, I like that aspect of Gotham City and it has, it's, it's been kind of ignored for the last couple of years as we've been dealing with Batman fighting the heavy hitters. But So I really like that feeling of it. The tone of this book is really great. And the Ivan Reese art is really great. Um, I just don't care about Gotham Girl. And then when Batman reveals his identity as Bruce Wayne to her to, to comfort her, I was like, oh, again? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, I just don't, I need her to not be around. I also need Batman to stop taking his mask off. <laughs> well, if you recall from the movies, if, if you're really pretty, yeah. he'll tell you who he is. It's true. Um, but, you know, I just I don't care about her, and which is... Well, what's tough. interesting is at the end of the last issue, uh, there was like that future reveal, basically. Yeah. That Duke, is it Duke? Duke. You know, Duke and her were going to get married, they were going to kill Batman... And I guess this is sort of the first step of that. But I was really interested in that. Yeah. But I'd like to skip over the her going crazy part because I don't care. Yep. Well, you may never get to the other part because that's in the future. Oh, I know. I know. I know. This is now, now. 
Wait, are when? we, no, we just, don't we do this joke every week now? <laughs> when? Now? Um, but I am looking forward to Night of the Monster Men, which is a crossover with all the, all the Batman books that's happening next month. I always yeah. like a good Batman book crossover. But as great as this book looked, um, and as wacky as the villains were, and as uh, Psycho Pirate, as great as he is, although he was actually in the book he was just talked about, I just don't care about Gotham Girl and her issues. Okay. There you go. Uh, moving on, Killer Be Killed, number two, from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. A uh, couple things about this. Um, we remember when this, this first issue came out, uh, I was upset that there was a, a demon that was the main uh, uh, plot point. Uh, I've tried to look past that because this is some of the best Sean Phillips I've ever seen, to the point where when the main character takes the train to upstate New York to go to his mom's house, he literally drew a Metro North train. Like That is as accurate of a train as I've ever seen. And Sean, well, Phil- Sean Phillips is in England, so I imagine you know there's photo reference and stuff like that. But he managed to take something that really exists in the real world and adapt it to Sean Phillips' style, and still have it be accurate to the real. Oh, it just it blew me away. Blew me away. Um, and then I literally tr- turned the next page, and uh, the main character says, "I've got this." <laughs> Daddy, I didn't even catch that. When he goes to his mother's house because he's looking for his dad's gun, and she says, "Can I be some help?" He goes, "That's okay, mom. I've got this." I, you know what? I could make an argument that that's a different usage. Okay. I mean, I guess it's not the large heroic I got this. Sure. It's the it's the sort of smaller, no, I got this, I'm okay. Yeah, but it could have been thanks to, I'm, that's okay, Mom. I, 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 I know, yeah, I know, yeah. but it is, it is it's, ex, it's acceptable parlance. Yeah, well, I'm willing to look it over because then the next page uh, turns out the main character's father was an artist who did art for porno mags in the 60s, and we get a glimpse of one of his sci-fi porno paintings that Sean, like, like this is just a Sean Phillips ama- amazing tour de force. Uh, and oh, oh, I, I actually like this issue more than the first issue. I have to go back. I'm sorry. Okay. He does specifically say, I've got this. True. So he's speaking grammatically correctly. He's not using... Okay, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. Um, Caught myself saying that to myself twice this week. <laughs> oh, jeez. I so... was like looking over all my emails, okay, I got this. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I got this. Um, it's like a virus. Yeah. It is. So on one hand, this is amazing Sean Phillip, uh, just amazingness. On the other, on the other hand, so basically the premise is that the guy tried to kill himself. A demon saved him, but in order to stay alive, he's got to kill somebody every day for the, you know to, to appease every month, the, every month for the, to appease the demon. So this is his first kill, and in going home to find his dad's gun, he has he's thinking about who should I kill, and he has a flashback of when when he was a young kid, and one of his him and his buddies were in the garage looking at all the porno mags that, that were his dad's, and his friend goes, "Hey, I got an idea." <laughs> why don't we do something that is probably not appropriate for children and evidence that this children was being molested by his older brother and so he decides I'm going to kill the older brother and I was like damn Brubaker this is fucked up yeah I, I, I really like this I don't know I didn't listen to the show where you guys talked about the first one but yeah. uh, and I agree with you I mean, part, it was vicious no, we... the demon is you know is what it is but it's not that unusual because they they've been doing those you know they did uh, fatal, fatal, but uh, it's really just a device, I think, just yeah. to get this guy. To, to At this, this point, to I was, I had a couple of thoughts during this issue where I thought maybe there isn't a demon. Yeah, that's that's part of the question, right? Maybe yeah. I mean, he may be hallucinating. It really doesn't Which, matter. The point is, he's honest on. is not any more attractive to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> less, perhaps. 
but this was really great. You're right. When 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 the reveal, well, not the reveal, but when he re- remembered that his friend had been molested, it was really a really harrowing scene. Then he tracks the brother down through Facebook and shoots him. And I thought this was this was like pure vintage, fucked up, uh, awesome Brubaker stuff. So he put in one panel at the at that scene before he shoots him, um, where he just says. Actually, it's the three panels at the bottom. We said, I, but I swear I, I said Teddy's name, and I saw that look on his face. And that right there, yep. it doesn't justify the killing, but it makes you go, okay, yeah, this guy's not the the the, the protagonist. Okay, he's not horrible because there's a little doubt. Like, is this just something he's remembering? But so what they did there was communicate to you that no, this guy was a bad kid. Yep, you know, and so he he quote unquote deserves it, whatever. But that Josh, if he had not Josh. that there. Yeah, we all deserve it. We all, we all got to come. <laughs> um, I don't deserve to be shot for molesting anyone. Um, if he had, if, if he had made the choice to not write those three panels, to not show that the guy who was being shot understood, we would never know, and we would be stuck in a different kind of limbo. And and neither one of those is a right or wrong choice, but it was a very specific choice that I I thought was interesting. Yeah. It is, this, this book is is surprising me at every turn. It's 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 delightful. It's wonderful. It's very good. Yeah. So, um, so Josh, did you stick with your promise to read Flintstones? Well, last week or whenever it was, we last talked month. about it. You had I was not going to listen. I got, you got totally convinced, and no, I have not read them. Oh. <laughs> Flintstones number three hits, and it just continues the social commentary meta. Craziness and Connor, you weren't on the show, but th- this is the same writer that did Prez. Oh, yeah. And well, I saw Steve Q's drawing. Yes, yeah, I, I mean I should have just read three, but I had not gone back to do one and two yet. But you don't, like, you don't need to read. They're all there. You can read them. Well, I don't want to get lost. <laughs> if there's some dinosaur stuff <laughs> that I'm not clear about, I just I need to get the whole experience of yeah. the loincloth stuff. So, but what's interesting is that there's some that, that, that there's multiple layers to this book. There's surface layer puns and cheesy f- jokes, right? And you know, like the you know the like they 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 launch a monkey. They're gonna launch a monkey into space, and they just drop a brontosaurus onto a uh, a seesaw. You know, so there's that. There, there's just like there's that sort of thing, right? But then on the other hand, there's a lot of deep and like and so like at one so they they're gonna there's a Carl Sagan like character, and they're all excited. They're gonna launch the, this monkey into space. And they're putting the monkey in the spaceship, and the monkey leans out and says, tell my wife I love her very much. And the dinosaur looks at him and goes, she knows. (laughs) So, like, already I'm laughing, and that's a cheap joke, and I get, you know, it's funny, right? Um, But then the, the, uh, remember the great kazoo in in Flintstones? The Martian? The Fred, Doctor yep. Fred. So they bring in the Martian, the Martians come, they, they notice this activity and they visit the planet. And then they leave, but then uh, the Martian kids come for a galactic break, and they basically, like, trash the planet because it's spring break for the Martians. But what happens is that the Martians are taking over their planet, and so Fred and Barney are actually war veterans, and one of their buddies is contemplating suicide. And so they actually have a scene of him calling a suicide hotline. But then they need help because there's nobody protecting them from the aliens, so all the war guys get back in. And it becomes a story about PTSD and, like, being a veteran and not getting any respect. And so they save the day, and actually the guy who was going to kill himself ends up getting killed by a Martian. 
And so that's kind of sad, but he, he was a hero, and they're like, wow, he's a hero. So at the end of the book, they're gonna, they, they erect a statue to honor this moment, and they're like, wow, Joe's finally going to get the respect he deserves, and it's a statue of the monkey. <laughs> and so, like, the whole theme of the book is about how veterans don't get any respect in society. And it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Subversive, man. Huh. Tell you, Interesting. Guys, you guys got to read this, these books. You got to read them. All right. All right. So, okay. <laughs> so while you're chewing on that, take a moment to yep. see, see about how you can help us at ifanboy.com. Uh, if you go to ifanboy.com slash support, uh, there's a bunch of different ways where you can help support the ifanboy uh, mission. Uh, if you are need to shop for clothes, it's back to school time, you need to buy books, you need to buy clothes, you need to buy TVs, you need to buy ride-on tractors, you, all, you might want to do that at Amazon.com. And by going to ifanboy.com support, click on the link to go over to Amazon, and that sends over a little code that tells Amazon we sent you, and they give us a little bit uh, as a thank you. No money comes out of your pocket, just what you're going to buy on Amazon. It's real simple. Go do that. That's awesome. If you want a more direct way to support ifanboy, um, over on ifanboy.com support, you can provide a direct donation via PayPal. That button is there, and you can do a direct one time donation which we appreciate or you can become a recurring ifanboy patron and you can do that also by going to ifanboy.com slash patreon and uh, sign up there for as little as three dollars a month um, all the way up to twenty dollars a month there's a bunch of different rewards and perks and and uh, ifanboy patrons we're, we're starting to, we've got stuff printed we're putting together packages your rewards are going to be going out soon so stay tuned for that but also you get to vote on a book that we talk about on the podcast and later in the show you're going to hear what you guys voted for this week uh, so yeah it's a fun time we thank everybody we thank all our patrons and later in the show we're going to be uh, bestowing some superpowers on some of our patrons so uh, that's always a fun time as well so stay tuned for that and you can get it on the action ifanboy.com slash support I wanted to mention very briefly Spidey number 10 only because uh, if you miss old school floppy booted Captain America this issue was for you you don't get to see the original costume anymore and this was a you know this is a book that takes place in, in the beginning of Spider-Man's career, and it's, they've been doing, doing a lot of team-ups, and this is Floppy Boots. Nice. I like... I, that's, that's excellent. I, did it make the old new costume look even worse by comparison? Yes. He, he like, shows up, and he's standing, standing on the roof, and you're just like, God damn it, it's Captain America. Right. It's correct. Wings on his head, he's got floppy boots, he's got chain mail. All right. I mean, this is, this is what we need in this world. Floppy boots. This time, time of strife. Not on Superman, ironically, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, Doctor Strange number 11, Jason Aaron. Uh, up to this point, Chris Pacello has been the artist of this book. And I don't know if this is a fill-in issue or not, but we had art by Leonardo Romero and Kevin Nolan. Hello. Kevin Nolan. And all I got to tell you is that uh, what Pacello did was great. I understand that. But if Kevin Nolan was the regular artist on Doctor Strange, you would never hear me complain. It, this was beautiful. It was. Well, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. Yeah, that's yeah. because you know comics. Him. Yeah, it's yeah. Just great. <laughs> so, and I was like, wow, that is an artistic tour de force. But then I read Moon Knight number six, which is written by Jeff Lemire, and the combination of Wilfredo Torres, Francesco Francavilla, and then ending with James Stokoe was just like, oh, come on. Like, and, and whether or not you know what's going on in Moon Knight, which is very confusing with the different personalities, having the distinct different art styles of those three different artists work together in a single issue is amazing, and it just blew me away. So, very good job there. I don't even read that book. I just look at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I could care less about Mark Spector <laughs> and his fucking multiple personality. It's never going to get decided, okay? <laughs> you, just... you really don't like comics about mental illness. I apparently don't. Moon Knight, uh, hallucinations, just don't like it. I don't, I don't, like I don't you're right, I don't like, 
I don't like a story where we can't trust what we're reading. I get that. Because uh, they can do anything, and then then what do you what are you there for? Um, entertain. Yeah, but Jeff I don't find it entertaining. Jeff yeah, we were. I think we we're a little rough on on Tom King before, but I, I want to make sure. No, that no, I, no, 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 no. Not not no, terrible. Don't like that character. That's not that it his. No, I know it's, but he he. I think he made up the character and wrote yeah, it. So sometimes you don't like the character. It's fine. The point that I'm saying here is that this would have been my pick of the week. Sheriff of Babylon number ten might be the best issue of the whole series. Um, I note that Mitch uh, broke up the standard nine-panel grid to do some six-panel grids and then some horizontal grids also. A lot of grids, very static, but that actually fits with the mood and feeling of that book. And uh, there was an immense amount of tension and wonderful acting. And uh, like earlier, like I think in the first few issues, it was like, who are these people and who am I looking at? But now, you know, we've got a handle on who everybody is and there's a ton at stake. We're not sure where everybody's coming from still. Um, Really wonderful, wonderful issue. Do we know if they're going beyond 12? 12 is the first season. Okay. So take that what you will. I think it's been fairly successful. So, you know, if he wanted to do more, he could do more. Well, right. he's, probably, he's probably very busy now. And so you've got to work on the book that pays. So, but In the next season, Batman shows up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we mentioned earlier, the, pa- the, the loyal iFanbase uh, patrons get to vote on a book each week. And this week, it was a nail-biter. Let me tell you, folks, we had, what, five books that were tied? Going into the Five last. books were tied with about three hours of voting left. Yeah, yeah, crazy. But the winner and the book that we read, thanks to the patrons picking it, was Glitter Bomb number one, story by Jim Zub, and art by, oh, jeez. Go for uh, it, go for it. Jabril Morset Fawn. Um, nice. How was that? You sound like you just gave up at the end there. Fawn. <laughs> Fawn. So, yes. Uh, actually, and th- this was funny because I don't know if you guys saw it, and I'm guessing Connor did, maybe Josh did, but earlier this week, uh, the writer Kieran Gillen had a little Twitter diatribe about the trope of uh, opening, a, opening a series or an issue with a uh, big wow moment and then backing up to before that happened and then ending back on that moment and how it's a tired, tro- and how it's a tired trope and you shouldn't do it anymore. And then at the end of that tribe, he's like, but I love Glitter Bomb. <laughs> I was involved in that conversation to a certain extent. Okay, so, John, so uh, why don't you give us a little, little bit of your, your, your take on that? I think it can be used really well. I think that, like it's the many, Aaron Sorkin. That's what I call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in comics it gets way overused, like first-person narrative. It starts showing up everywhere. And, it, you know, if it's done really well, it's done really well. But if it's not, it is subtly saying, we don't trust you, the reader, to be interested enough in this. So we're going to show you what happens so that you'll stick around for the whole thing. Yep. And, and and I think it, in this case that's exactly what was happening. Yeah, I mean it's just a it's a it's a cliche now, and it's at the edge of cliche where it's a tool that a bunch of people are like hey I can use that tool, and then they look around and everybody's using it. Yep. Um, and I think that's a little what happened. Um, yeah, I had to read this comic book. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't want to get into that. I don't know if I agree with you that it's not trusting the reader. I think it's just the standard way of. You know, it's, it's the same way that action movies start with a big action sequence. It's just yeah, pulling yeah, but in. not, but that's and that's fine. But you, but like in a Bond movie, for example, that's look at what we're gonna do here, and we take you on that story. Not this is what's gonna happen eventually. So stick around, and we'll show you how we get there, which is a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, and like I said, when it was a novelty, you know, the way that's done in Pulp Fiction is not how this is done. Right. It's a different thing. Um. 
but no, I've been noticing it too. I've I've been noticing it. It's the same way, you know, like when you're just seeing things a lot. It's it's you know, I got this. It just it makes its way into people's heads, and they, and they use that as a tool. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And if this had been a book that I was interested in, in almost any way, it might not have bothered me at all. Yeah. But this this I'm so uh, this comic book. Uh, it's about a a. a a washed-up actress who wants to keep acting, but she's a little older and she has kids, and it's a hard world out there. Uh, and she gets infected by some sea demon or something, and and she has a <laughs> she has a vagina face that shoots tentacles out that kills. Why are all all the demons have? Why do they all have vagina faces? Just so That's dumb. a vagina face. So, is, I mean, it's it's tentacle. I mean, it's it's like that tentacle. I don't know tentacle porn, but yeah, it's the tentacle stuff that comes out of her face and she kills people. Um, I, it wasn't badly done. I just, I didn't, I wasn't. Well, I, I mean, I would, I, 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 to defend it, not to defend it, but I really did like uh, Jabril like Morissette Fawn's yep. art. Yep. Um, it like had, the coloring. Yeah, great coloring and great coloring uh, by uh, K, K. Michael Russell. Um, but if anything, it, it is, it's in the vein of the Sean Murphy rosy cheek, you know, kind of style that I, I, we're, I was seeing more and more as Sean Murphy has become successful. Um, not that it's a ripoff of Sean Murphy, it just reminds me of that, you know? Um, I can see that in style, but it doesn't. It's not angular like his stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's not as it's not as uh, uh, aggressive, you know. But um, no, I was gonna say that as soon as the demon thing happened, it just lost me. I was just like, nope, you know. So uh, there was one sequence um, when the kid falls out of the chair. Yeah, that that could that wasn't as clear. I had to go yeah. back and read what was going Agreed. on. I, I didn't know the kid. Was, I didn't know the kid was jumping. Or yeah, I, I agree. So. Yeah, like uh, there was, it looked like he was flying at them. Yeah, um, I did like how the um, his little dialogue was broken up over like a couple of panels to indicate that l- not a lot of time had passed. But yep. I don't know that it, it, it. I get what they were going for. It didn't quite work. Yep. Okay. Uh, if if this is just a book about a you know a woman in Hollywood trying to make it in in films again, I would be more interested in it, but not entirely. Like the I found a lot of the Hollywood stuff a little tedious. Yep. And I was a little like, okay, yeah, it's well, terrible. It's a terrible place. Just, I don't know if that's just us because we're like, yeah. we're like, yeah, we've we've heard this, yeah, a lot. So I I don't know, but I mean, absolutely. That's that is almost always the case in a story at this point when it adds the supernatural element because it's it's like, I mean, it's a little. <laughs> can you just do the story you want to do? Yeah, I just I feel like the supernatural element is like, okay, the the setting and the character I want to tell you the story about isn't interesting enough, so I need to add in something just crazy or you know totally. Um, let me show you what that is on the first page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. No. And and to be fair, I think there's probably something to be said. Like you do have to give readers something. Yeah. Because they, they there's so much distraction. So yeah. you know it's a it's a product of its time. I think. Yeah. I mean, the only thing the only thing that's interesting interesting is I don't know where this is going. Is she just going to kill everyone in Hollywood? Right. Like, how is this going to help her life? Yeah. So that's that's the only interesting question for me. But I'm not all that interested in finding out the answer. Will you be sticking with it? Oh, ratings, ratings. Are we doing ratings? Are we doing it? Yeah. We're going to rate right. the ratings. 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 I, I give it a three. Uh, I'm going to give it a three with uh, strong points on art. Yes. Two point five. All right. Sticking with it. no. 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 Well, thank you. So uh, once again, become an, I, become an iFanboy patron, and you can help pick the book that we talk about on the show. And now before we move on real quickly, thanks to many of you on Twitter who have pointed out to us so it makes it easier so we don't have to read every comic book. But in addition to Kill or Be Killed with I've Got This, uh, we had Green Arrow number six where Ollie says I've Got This, and Squadron Supreme number 11 
uh, where one of the Squadron Supreme says, we've got this. this. So there you go. So big week for I've got this, folks. Keep it coming. <laughs> or not. All right. So let's do some voicemails. We haven't done voicemails in a while. We told you we, we discontinued the voicemail line, but we said you could send in audio clips. If you had audio clips you wanted to send in, and people did. So let's do the first one from Eric. Hey guys, Eric from Detroit here. Got a question about pet peeves and comics. I'm with you on the whole I got this trend in comics and how deplorable it is. Uh, my personal pet peeve in comics is when you've got uh, narration boxes or dialogue boxes and it's the main character who is the narrator. And at some point, for, I guess to add some gravitas to the to the storytelling, it's usually at the end of the story, at the end of the comic, where the, where the dialogue box will read, my name is so-and-so, and I do this. I, I can't stand it. I don't understand who the narrator is supposed to be talking to the audience. Is it a fourth wall-breaking thing, but just done poorly? I, I don't get it at all. Um, I'm just wondering if you had any other pet peeves in comics, things that actually you know just drive you nuts when you read, apart from I got this. Um, and I've been thinking about this a while. I actually checked because I started a Tumblr once I started to see all the, see this, uh, this weird narration box thing, uh, three years ago. So it's been three years I've been thinking about, uh, this pet peeve issue. So be really curious to hear about what else drives you nuts. Uh, thanks guys. Keep up the great work. See ya. <laughs> Do I have pet peeves with comics? That's my whole thing. <laughs> Eric. In fact, I'd appreciate it if you back off a little bit. Um, this is, I mean, this is really a sort of version of the offshoot of the first-person narrative that, that around the time of the New 52 I had, I had had enough with. And I think... Well, this has been going on forever. This is, yeah, I know, but can this you... This is a flash of stick. I mean, it's been... And I feel like the flash years. is the only one that gets away with it because that, that is, that is a, a, right. uh, a legacy aspect of it. Um, but it doesn't bother me. They've been doing yeah, the TV yeah, show, yeah. which I love. I think it's great. I love when the flash says, I'm the yeah, fastest My name is Wally West. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I do attribute other characters doing it to Claremont uh, with the eighty-two Wolverine okay. series, a Wolverine, or is that, or did he do that in the eighty-eight one? Yeah, no matter. Uh, but you know, like, my name is I'm the best I am at what I do. I mean, it's like talking directly yeah. to us about what it is. But it again, it's it is one of those things that has shown up a lot more, and it's and it's unfortunate. Like, if you haven't noticed it, it's fine. But once you notice it, you do a Tumblr about yeah. it for three years. That's 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 crazy. <laughs> yeah, got, by the way, uh, you gotta you give him credit. Like a lot of people will make a joke about how they thought about something for a long time before asking us. This guy put yeah. in the work. He didn't just do the thinking for years at a time. You know, he, he went above, and and I think that 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 he did that the work. Heart. That's respectful. So, do you have do, you, do either of you have comic book pet peeves? I think Connor's comic book pet peeve is my comic book pet peeves. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mostly. I don't. I don't really. Ha- I love comic book tropes. It's part of the reason why I read the, read them. I mean, I love I love all the wacky stuff they do in comics. It's, I think uh, so. That's interesting because I think that you're right, and I know what you're talking about, and I like that. I don't like craft tropes like the thing. I mean, there's certain things that work, and there's certain things that don't. I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know for me, but that's totally. I don't really specific. have. I mean, aside from I've got this, which is more of a joke now than anything. I mean, I don't really have any like pet peeves where I read something. That's that's the one. I think that's the one. Yeah. I I, I think I brought yeah. it up too. Um, I mean, that's the only one I can think of right now that really kind of bugs me, only because it's happening yeah. all the time. But uh, mm, that he always it. used to he always used to bug me, and and Connor always disagreed with me, but he always disagrees with me. Uh, <laughs> the um, 
the underwear, the ladies' panties that would come up over the edges of the pants. Everybody drew it like that for a while, and it's like it won't go away. I haven't seen it once in a while. I've seen it like in the last year. I've seen it at least once. I don't read a lot of Top Cow books, but I guarantee you, it still shows up there. I mean, that was something that was pretty prevalent in ten years ago. Yeah, there's less on now. I don't see that anymore. That was, I mean, that's one of the first ones that I totally noticed a lot. Um, All right. I mean, we we just talked about that 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 first page flashback thing. You know, that's that's the other one that I've noticed. Yeah, and I guess, I guess if anything, the Flash one that we talked about with Glitter Bomb, which is the the yeah the first page, uh, yeah flashback. I think that's that's that, that's something that annoys me, but it's not a pet peeve. I don't know. I don't care. It's a comics. They're fine. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, next voicemail. I'm very curious to hear. Hi, I fanboys. Since you showed your love for robotic life recently regarding the vision and have previously while talking about Pluto or the Metal Men, I wanted to ask, what are your favorite robots and robot storylines in comics? And as a bonus question, which comic book characters would be better off slash more interesting robotified? Mayhem. So that voicemail was sent in from uh, Lucas from Austria, and and I'm pretty sure that was a robot. Was that or was? I don't know what what that was. Was uh, does Stephen Hawking listen to our show, <laughs> <laughs> or have robots become sentient and they listen to our show? <laughs> or or is he really really good? And he should get he should get into voice acting. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Like I can't decide. <laughs> Or has someone been kidnapped? Is this what it's going to sound like when one of us gets kidnapped and someone sends in a ransom note? <laughs> that freaked me out a lot. <laughs> uh, favorite robot stories? I, I mean, I always think of the Vision and Scarlet Witch in West Coast Avengers. The, the mm. sort of John Byrne uh, big epic story where they have kids and make a deal with the demon pandemonium and yeah. all that stuff. Um that's sort of the first one that, that I always come up with. I mean, not, I necessarily, like, not necessarily a comic, but in the geek genre, but Iron Giant is, is just great. Uh, yes. And yes, I lo- it is. I love, the, I love the design of the robot in the Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah, Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. not Mr. Robot. <laughs> I love robot Mr. Man. I love Mr. Robot, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about Data from Star Trek? Oh, Data's great, yeah. Or all the Metal Men are robots, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Those all the Metal Men. I just love all the Metal Men. All the great metal men. All the great metal men. <laughs> I feel like I'm seeing a robot character in my head. I mean, like just that that uh, God that Victor story that was just in Vision was really really great. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. like that kind of thing is really good. I think in him in in a Young Avengers was really good too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What about Herbie? Herbie's Never had great. a thing for Herbie. Here's here's a here's a list of fun, fic, fictional robots and androids. <laughs> Going to read us a list? No, <laughs> you should have programmed this in. <laughs> well, Machine Man is one for a while. It was funny because it was recently Jack Kirby's birthday, and and a whole bunch of artists were drawing and posting stuff to social media. And the number of Machine Mans I saw on that day, uh, everybody really Mach- likes Machine Man. Machine Man was great in um, Next Wave. Yeah. No, Machine Man. I, yeah, Machine Man has got moments. What about oh, Connor? What about Skeets? Skeets is a good one. Yeah, Skeets from the from Justice League yeah. uh, with Blue, uh, Booster, Booster Gold's Gold. sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Rosie <laughs> from the Jetsons? Yes, <laughs> she's great. A little, 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 uh, little, little bit of an attitude, but other than that, a little sassy. A little, a little sassy. sassy robot. Yeah, yeah. So, 
All right. Well, thank you, uh, Lucas, for call or whatever you did for submitting that <laughs> for, for for transmitting that uh, voice message. Um, if you have any questions or comments or you want to talk to us, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, be sure to re- remember to tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been thinking about it, and whether you're a robot or not. Um, and like Connor mentioned, if you want to send in a, uh, a voicemail, you can send in an MP3 or an audio file of some sort, and we would be happy to play it, assuming it's under 30 seconds ish. So or not, Eric, we've got our own rules. Yeah, Eric was the minute, but uh, yeah. Lucas was under thirty seconds, so yeah. it all it all works well, out in the wash. The AI yeah, had strict the, he had strict parameters to work with, so he knew. <laughs> oh, what about three PO and R two? Oh. it's a comic book question. I'm the only one who answers this as a comic book question. <laughs> Rosie, what was well, Red Tornado? Yeah, Red Tornado. Well, that's yeah. a good one. The Human yeah. Torch. I Ooh. love Jim Ham. Ooh. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. Robots now. So there you go. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Also made. Also made a good appearance in. Um, in West Coast Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he showed up there. I mean, like, the sort of Ultron Hank Pym thing is kind of cool. Always has been. Yeah. Jocasta. Oh yeah. Good stuff. Just... I feel like there's a lot of robots, and now that I'm trying to think of them, I don't remember them. But like, Marvel is replete with them, and yeah. uh, oh, that's good. That's always. That's always good stuff. Replete. What about life model decoys? Nick, Nick Fury. Those, I guess those are robots. Yeah. Robots. Robots. But yeah. <laughs> They're not robots. They're not robots with uh, with personalities though. You got your robots. No. Nope. Uh, so let's do our thank you to the patrons. If you go to uh, Patreon.com/ifanboy, you can support the show there. And if, uh, if you give at a certain level, we'd like to thank you on the show by giving you a dumb superpower or awesome superpower, depending on on uh, what your point of view is. We've heard from many of the patrons so far on social media who have enjoyed this, so I'm glad that no one's angry yet. Yeah. But it's still early. Whew. Very early. <laughs> we're, we're still, we still got gold to mine. Before, you know, in, a, in a year and a half, we'll see if you're still happy with your, with your superpower. But let's, uh, let's thank our first one, Ron. All right, our first patron that we're going to thank is Mike Graham. And uh, this power uh, has nothing to do with where he lives. But uh, you know how uh, Iceman uh, has got like ice, you know, like frost powers. Yes. Uh, Mike got defrost powers. Useful. Useful. He can melt ice, Very. and it's not heat generated. It's just he's he's just defrosts. That's all it is. He's, yeah. So yeah. So so when you when you get in the car, all he does is put his hand up to the windshield, and it defrosts. So what about does that work for food? Yeah, he can defrost a steak, sure. That was the first thing I thought about, because yeah, yep. that way you don't have to plan for dinner so early. Yeah. That is very helpful. I've got Super. I've got a salmon in the freezer I really like to eat tonight, but there's no way unless Mike came over and He's defrosted He's your man, it. yeah, exactly. He's your man. Oh. That's good. good. Yep. All right, <laughs> next up, uh, Dennis Hansen, or Jansen, I don't know. Uh, he can buff anything to a high-gloss polish. <laughs> Wait, what, with his hands? Yeah, he just lays his <laughs> hand on it, and and literally anything. He's got to be careful with it, to be honest with you. Does he have to make because, a circular motion, or is it just it just yeah, gets, it's like it, the it, kid? Or does it just get polished under his hand? Hard to say. He might be moving very. He might be moving too quickly for the human eye. Okay. Mm. But but in, in the <laughs> you've heard the joke. Oh, that'll buff right out. Right. Yeah. That's literally what he does. Wow. He so all of his furniture is just immaculate. Yeah. Not all of it. He didn't. Well, see, the thing is that sometimes you want something to be matte. Right. So he's, he's got to watch that, Dennis. Yeah. They keep him away. Is he the buffer? Is that his name? <laughs> I don't know if we can give him names. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I, I, decide, I made a conscious decision to not do that yeah, uh, yeah. a second ago. 
but last a high, week, it's a, last week Ron it's a, gave one. A I know, high man. glass polish. You can if you want. Yeah. It's a high glass polish uh, job that he does. Can he buff things that? What if he tries to buff something that doesn't that doesn't wouldn't buff normally? Well, I'm not saying he can't buff a cat, but the cat's not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of it, that cat is going to be shiny. It might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> It will you will you will like fucking mirror that cat. <laughs> uh, so let's thank Chris Volk, who all of his bones can turn into rubber. Whoa! And turn back. Yes, he can control that, but the thing is, only the bones. It's not like he stretches like Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's an invitation to fatal organ failure. <laughs> so, wow! <laughs> so all of his bones turn rubbery. Now I'm sure there's there could be a use for that, but wait uh, wait. So is it a button like they, like they all turn rubbery at once, or can he control certain bones? No, his whole make... body turns rubbery at once. So then, so oh. then, does he just go? Is he is he just very very flexible or very very bouncy? He kind of just falls over because oh, he can't yeah, hold got... the body up. I yeah. feel like that's I feel like that's the kind of power you don't want to use. It's more of a <laughs> handicap. I don't think we say that anymore. <laughs> all right then. Um, now, Damian Masterson. He can calculate a tip, any any percentage immediately. <laughs> Great, he's, he's he's the guy you want to go out to dinner with. <laughs> right. You want to split it ten ways? You want every you want to pay twenty six percent? Boom. Yep. He could 26%? be autistic. What kind of service really... are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> any 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 he can split the number any way. He can calculate anything. He can take off. You know, we didn't like the service so much. He he can do it. He's the tip master. Oh, wow. Huh. That's a good power. The tip master. That's a handy power to have. So. I agree. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Mike, Dennis, Chris, and Damien for supporting iFanboy.com. And you can go to patreon.com slash iFanboy and become a patron, and you will get your power at some point. So <laughs> last month, uh, uh, the Patreon goal uh, was met that we would be doing a Talksplode and a Booksplode uh, every month. So last month was uh, my conversation with Gabriel Hardman and Karina Becco about their book, Invisible Republic, among other things. Uh, and then there's another one coming up uh, this month. Awesome. September. Well, not another Talksplode, but Connor, why don't you? Uh, this month, we have a Booksplode. We are talking about Dark Knight, a true Batman story by Paul Dini. And uh, why is the artist escaping me right now? Uh, Eduardo Riso. Yep. Eduardo Riso? Yep. So that you can look for that this week. If you listen to the show right away, as you if you download it Sunday or Monday, you can look for the top books blowed on Dark Knight of True Batman story probably around Wednesday. If this is the future, you you've already missed it. You can find it in his feed though. It'll be in the back. But we, that's our first books blowed. A little rusty on the books blowed. Just so spoiler. Uh, yeah. If we're talking about a books blowed, we really like the book. So go get the book. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to read along at home, that's why we're letting you know early. Book Dark Knight of True Batman story is our next books blowed. That'll come to you this week. All right, and then Josh, is there a Talksplode already in the can, or no? Well, there, there'll be a Talksplode in October. That's the plan. Right. We did oh. a book, Booksplode yes, in September. October. Yeah, all right. So, all right, and uh, whether you live in the future or the past, you can always go and enjoy Goodfellas Minute, uh, another podcast that we did uh, to completion, where we we uh, analyze the film Goodfellas one minute at a time. You can go to goodfellasminute.com and get that if you haven't already. When is the anniversary? Uh, it's coming up. It's in like two weeks, two or three weeks is the 26th anniversary of the film's release. Two weeks. It means we started a year ago. Yes, it will be a year ago. So Goodfellas Minute is a, is nearly a year old. So let's talk wow. about the phrase to completion. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can 
you can completely head over to ifanboy.com. You can talk about this show, the things that were said on it, uh, and other books from the week. And, of course, you can find all the other podcasts uh, that we have done there, audio, video. And actually, everything that's ever been posted there is still there. So uh, you can go there to ifanboy.com or you can go to facebook.com slash ifanboy. And if that is your way to be updated on what the pick of the week is before the show comes out or when it is posted or at ifanboy on Twitter. Um, and, of course, you can follow us individually at Jay Flanagan, at C.S. Kilpatrick, and at Ronixo. Yeah. Oh, Ron, do we want to tell them the news? There's news? Yeah, all the shows are now available. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, all but one. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> if, if, you, uh, if you go to the feed now, previously, because of some technical limitations, we didn't have every episode of uh, the podcast available for download. They just went back to episode 165. But uh, did some little wizardry on the back end, and now we've got every episode of the Fanboy Pick Week podcast is available again. So you can go back and relive the glory of the first episode uh, or other episodes <laughs> that you like, as long as you're not looking for episode 52, which we're still working on it. So. Which is ironic. Yes. <laughs> Just super yes. ironic. So people have emailed us in. We, we get like one a week, it feels like, looking for old episodes. They're all on the feed now, so you can yep. find them all there. Uh, except for that one episode, which I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. I like that it lets them play that fun game. Hey, you used to say this, but now you say this. What's up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. I'm doing the dance right now. Hey, if you like the show, write a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. If Now you can tell them all the shows are available. I know that's why you were holding out telling your mom. Yeah. You didn't want to tell her, like, you can listen to only you know three-quarters of the shows. Mom. Now it's all the shows but one, so 99.9%. Well, as we all know, your mom won't listen to anything unless she can listen to it to completion. She's a completionist. That's what <laughs> Netflix has done to our society. I know that new listeners only start from the beginning, so there you go. All episodes, tell your mom, tell everybody. To completion. Completion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. That so, is it for this week show. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Well, and I'm Josh. I do to show I need you? you call me up on the phone!